Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life, back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Annie, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help, help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Hi, homesteaders. Happy fall. Um, it's a little mixed uh, feelings to say happy fall when right now um, a lot of parts of California are burning. Uh, quite a few of our friends have lost homes um, and some are even still looking for their animals. So it's um, heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking to see a friend of ours in Malibu that he had a farm, worked on a farm there, and they were able to evacuate with their animals. Um, it's uncertain whether the farm is still there. I know there has been a lot of devastation in that area. Paramount Ranch burned. A um, couple uh, Christian and Jewish summer camps burned to the ground. Oh, of course, homes. And some lives lost. Yeah, so um, I, you probably heard um, one of them uh, that lost his home was Chris Kirsten. We've known him for almost 10 years. We actually interviewed him on our podcast. He is a not only a friend, he was a farmer, and he's now a food advocate. Um, and he, he and his family lived in paradise, and they barely escaped with their lives. Um, they lost their home. They did find their chickens and ducks, but they're still looking for their dog, Chico. So... Um, yeah, so it's been rough couple days, so just we've been sort of monitoring everybody's situation and praying for them, and I don't know, it's just, it really, really feels like, like I said, the world's on fire, um, it feels like, I mean, we're fortunately safe, there's no really fire risk for us, so we appreciate people who did write us and ask how we were, um, there's a lot of ash, the smoke, um, and the air quality is not that good, and the sunsets have been red. The moon is red. Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty brutal. So, like I said, it's, it's just emotional, just on a lot of levels, just to even think, you know, of wildlife that was killed. And just, I don't know, when you do, just when you're faced with that kind of stuff, you just really get overwhelmed. And... So, yeah, even though we say happy fall and it's almost Thanksgiving next week, it's a little sort of bittersweet. Um, we're recording this episode is um, without Justin. He is 
busy as a bee, with his bees. He's uh, requeening some of his hives. Yeah, so he's he's out there, been out there all day today. Um, we know we had to get a, probably a podcast up at, at some point because we're with our busy schedule. So, you know, we're just trying to get one in here, give everybody an update because I know a lot of people want to know what's going on. Yeah, you can find Chris Carston. Um, his interview was done for the Savory Institute. So he did a lot of interview, uh, a really great interview. So if you scroll back in all episodes, you'll find him. And uh, there is an update posted to um, at least Annie's and Justin's individual Facebook pages um, about what what Chris Carson is going through. And then we're still waiting on word from a lot of people. I know a lady up in uh, Agora here, she hasn't responded to my messages. So just kind of waiting, you know, seeing what we can do. Um, if I had the room and the space, I'd tell people to bring all the animals down. I'm sure you've seen... I'm sure you've seen the photos of um, <clears throat> horses on the beach and alpacas on the beach. And there was one time, one night, I was just scrolling through the feed and getting a little overwhelmed. And there was this photo of this owl sitting on the beach, you know, in the water. And it was just, it's really tough to kind of see stuff like that because you feel kind of helpless. And then thanks to, and it, it, this is an echo, you know, this has been echoed on um, Facebook a lot as uh, firefighters. You know, they put their lives at risk out there, and they and it's they're exhausted, and um, it's it's quite a it's quite emotional just to you know sit here and yeah. watch devastation happen pretty much everywhere. Yeah, like I said, right now I I'm um, actually emailing Chris right now because a friend of ours, um, a Facebook friend of ours, uh, Facebook me, and she said that she's um, has a whole house uh, a truck full of household goods and stuff like that. So I'm actually corresponding with him now to see if they can get, they too can get into contact because it's hard to get cell phone service up there. So doing multitasking at the same time. No, he just posted, um, Chris just posted, they found some more bodies. So, yeah, so it's really sad. Brutal, so. Um, it kind of get brings you face to face with something's really wrong. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, as, as society tends to do, one argue exactly what causing all the issues Climate change, no climate change, lack of forest control, whatever it is, it's devastating. Um, whatever <laughs> whatever your belief is on anything, um, something's wrong. That's all, you know, I would have to say about the way the situation is. It's, it's you know, you can also argue that people shouldn't be building in certain areas. And, so I know you know say that the Paradise Fire was the fastest burning yeah, that, I, that was surprised because I didn't even see it happen. And then next thing you know, it was like an entire city burned. And it was like, wait, what? And they said that it was the fastest, the biggest, and the most deadliest. So they're still... And that came on the heels of... Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stuff happening. And you know, there was a, there was a mass shooting just a day before that. So, you know, when things are happening in your home state, it kind of gets you a little bit more, I guess, I don't know, emotional or something. And it, so there was that shooting and, and just really bad stuff. So all you can do is just like I was just hugging a kitty a couple minutes ago. Yeah, and then yesterday we just had our hoot danny. We sort of debated whether we should, you know, do that because, you know. People are of, suffering. There's a lot of people that were going to come to, to the hoot nanny who were, were in the evacuated areas. But we got um, 
emails and saying, you know, we can't wait to come and play some music and fellowship because of just we what's need this. going on around us. We need this. So we ended up doing the Hootenanny anyways. Um, and it was just a place to come together and just, you know, be grateful and people really enjoyed themselves. And, uh, yeah, the Ho- and Hootenanny is even emotional too, on a lot of levels. Just, you know, when you we're doing it, we're rebuilding and redoing it and, um, doing it for the good of everything is, but it is tough. It's a tough thing to, you know, face and, yeah. and to, you know, some people still don't know how, you know, like how many people yeah, died. So you know, you did. had, a, I had break the news to at least two people about the most recent death. And I was just like, yeah, Oh, great. So what we had to do is we changed the format of the Hootenanny a little bit. So it's, um, you know, like I said, we're down in mu- a couple of musicians. And like I said, a lot of people didn't know. So we, we stood up and we greeted everybody and told them, you know, welcome, when they were in for the first time. And then we had, I, um, we rattled off the, those who were, were not with us. And it was, uh, was it five? Yeah, about probably six with, um, yeah, five or six. Yeah, five. I, I'm just so tired. So we just said, you know, we welcomed them, but like, um, but they didn't know, some of them didn't know dad had died and some of them didn't know that the, the core, like the core musicians had passed away um, and so that, you know, so we had to, you know, break that to them too. So that was emotional just to, you know, name those who weren't there. Um, but yeah, and all in all, I mean, people, um, one of the ladies, she's 93, 93, she comes every Sunday. Well, she came every Sunday for five years and her son was one of the ones that was lost in the uh, car accident. A tragic one, um, sudden one. And like I said, this we hadn't had a hoot nanny for two years, and so we just started. And her comment was, I now have hope again. And so that was. That broke my heart. It was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, so depressing. So is there good stuff? Yes, there is good stuff. There is still good stuff happening. We are um, getting volunteers um, with our online volunteer application. We've um, actually got um, a couple new volunteers, which is great, and are helping out. We've had a bunch of tours and classes. We've had um, Claremont, uh, what is it? Um, I forget what's the theology school. Um, a bunch of pastors. I think it's just Claremont Theology yeah, School. Right? Yeah, they had come. There was about a group of 20, which were Spanish-speaking, either in ministry or pastors or some sort of that that sort of dynamic. They came for a tour. It was great to do that. Then we had another one, um, Heritage Christian, had a field day at the homestead. That was an interesting bunch one. of um, Heritage Christian high schoolers. High schoolers yeah, from, uh, what is that? that? Not Thousand Oaks, but um, Sunlight Area, I think it was, somewhere up there. Um, but they, this was the first field day, because normally tours are like, we, we, you know, they come in, um, and we show them around and they leave, but this was a field day. They literally took the whole day off and they were going to spend the whole day at the homestead. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what we did was we gave them a tour and then we gave them lunch and then we talked about really good stuff. And so they were very inspired. It was, um, it was a great group of kids. Um, they enjoyed the food. We really had a good dialogue. We were talking about with it being Thanksgiving, how does who to come to our table? And, and, you know, when I asked him even the simplest questions, I realized how disconnected they, they, you know, we are because their assignment was to read the omnivore's dilemma. Yeah, and then the defense of food. So on those on those notes, they were 
um, upon reading that, they're coming to the homestead. So I asked them questions, you know, you know, what'd you learn from the book? And then I said, well, in this time of Thanksgiving, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, when you sit at the table, at a table, there's a lot of impacts that that food, you know, brings with it. And I said, could you name the impacts? And, you know, some of them said, you know, water and, you know, environment said, yes, so that's right. So we're, we have an environmental impact if it's trucked in, the, the fuel used to, you know, run the ships and the, and the trains and the, and the cars to bring it to market. Um, that's the environmental if, um, consequence. And then if it's an animal confined feedlot, then it's the animal well, welfare. And then I said, well, there's another one. Can you guys tell me what that is? Of course, the environmental one includes soil, too, contamination of soil and air water. and water. So that environment is pretty broad. Um, so I said, well, there's another one. Could you guys tell me what that other one is? And they couldn't guess. And I said, so I asked them, I said, so how does, how do you think the food comes to your table? You know, you go to the supermarket, you pick all this beautiful stuff up, you come home and you doesn't eat it. magically fly, fly there. So, so how does it get there? And they said, trucks. I said, okay, got, that's good. Go how does it get on the truck? I was like, how does it get on the truck? And they were just like looking at me. Um, and I was like, so how does it get on the truck? So from the field to the truck, how does it get there? Who's managing now? Yeah. And they kind of, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm not explaining. So I said, it's people. They're just like, yeah. I was like, yes, people, mostly people pick, you know, besides maybe wheat or whatever, um, people pick the produce, especially. I'm Particularly produce, in California. Yeah, I'm thinking more produce, not the corn, the soy, the thing. So I said, who, who picks this stuff? And I said, it's people. And there's a social impact on that. It's, it's about them, um, you know. Their long hours, the impact of the people. Their health. Their health. Their mental health. So, yeah. So, they're just like, oh, wow. So, I said, well, in this time of Thanksgiving, just be thankful that, you know, you, you know, are, you know, for the people that brought the food to your table, too. So, that was a little message we had. And it was a really good, it was a really good, I think, educational trip. I hope they enjoyed it, too. Yeah. It's it's just to educate, you know, exactly where the food comes. Um, it's pretty interesting, even, you know, a discussion about bees. Um, one of the uh, parent or a teacher or something, she was like, yeah, people tell her, get bees. It's so easy. Just put them in your backyard and you have much honey. And I just kind of sat there for a minute and I just was like, um, yeah, she's like these bee, you know, bee, some of these bee classes or what she sees on the Internet is like, bees are so easy. You know, they're the easiest, you know, animals to have around. And I was like, um no. <laughs> and she was just like looking at me and I was like, yeah, my dad's been keeping bees since like 1970. They're tough. And I had to explain, you know, the whole situation from the diseases to the Africanized bees. And, and she, I, she was just completely shocked because there is misinformation going out there where it's kind of like people think everything can just happen miraculously. Um, it's not that simple. You know, farming is not that simple. Um, you have to trace everything back and and deal with, you know, exactly what's going on. I'm just laughing a little bit here because we have two cats playing rumble. Yeah, on the it sounds jungle. like there's armies of people coming. Thundering in. elephants to the house. It's two thundering kitties having their play play date, evening play dates. Yeah, they're just like thundering to the house. It's, it's just rumble in the jungle right now. They do it every night. Have fun. So they just a little that. 
So if you hear that, it's it's sage and shadow, um, little doing a little bit rumbling in the in the living room and dining room. <laughs> it's funny how they sound so heavy. It's like little kitty cats, and they always sound like thundering elephants. So that is the noise. If you want to know what that is. Okay, so let's see. And workshops. Mm -hmm. We've been doing back. We should do more. Yeah, like we should that. do more. But okay, yeah, that's right. Something crossed my mind. Um, anybody who is interested in having a tour, um, these were specific requests that we dealt with on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, at some point, there will be something on the website to allow tour requests to be submitted and reviewed. I know it's not there yet, so don't get frustrated and say, how come I can't get a tour? Um, there will be certain days um, where we will have tours and allow people to sign up and then Special tour requests are done on a case by case basis. There is a fee um, because it does take uh, time out of our busy work schedule. Um, you know, particularly like around farm boxes days, you know, we, we have to shift a lot of stuff. And so to give a whole day over to a tour, there is a fee. And um, we're working out details. Yeah, um, we have we have school we have a school rate right now. Right now, and then we're going to do individual rates, and even then, you're going to be on certain days, um, which we'll be announcing eventually. We're going into winter season, so we might kind of take a little break through the holidays, um, and then uh, try to hit some stuff in the first quarter of the year to allow uh, those individual type tours on certain days. So stay tuned; that will happen. And then see, did we talk, okay, so the workshop, did we talk about the farm to table one where the kids were doing the pedal power? We haven't, not the cosmologist just recently, no. no. <laughs> My brain is fried these days. No. So yeah, so we did have the after school farm to table, which we were, were signed up to do table for school. a year, which is always fun because it's with the school next door. And the last week, um, the class was about using um, the, the bike grain mill that we put together many years ago uh, to grind grain. It was hilarious because it, it's always a fun class uh, because <laughs> you know the kids fed. <laughs> no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that there. So the two things were there. It's called, it was called bread and butter. So the class was, um, so the first thing we did was we made butter. And so I would hand them um, candy jars, of course, divided into teams. I said, today we're going to work for your food. And they looked at me like, oh, Miss Anivia, we're hungry. You want to eat now? I'm like, no, you're going to eat after you work. So um, so I gave them the candy jars full of whipping cream and a marble, and I divided them into two teams. So I said, you're going to have teammates. So you shake a couple and then pass it to your teammate, shake a couple, you know, pass it back and forth until you make butter. Um, and so they're shaking. They got really serious. I had to tell them, you know, Slow and steady, you know, it's not about fast. We're not one flinging glass bottles. Yeah, we don't want glass bottles to go, you know, candy jars to fly through the air and break. So I was like, no, just don't, you know, because they get really serious and they start shaking uh -huh. like anything. You know, it's like. It's okay. all up to them to make this butter. So um, this year they have a new teacher. So he, the other uh, four years, um, the lady that was the teacher, she, she, know the dr she knew the drill. Well, this is the first time he experienced this class. And you can see his eyes. He goes, now I know what to do with my kids at home because they just got so serious and they were just shaking, 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 shaking. And um, they're like, is it ready yet? And I said, no, keep going. And they're like, is it ready? And they're like, ah, oh, it's taking too long. And nope. they were really serious, you know. So they finally made their, their butter. And then after that, we didn't have enough time to, quote, bake bread. So what I had been, done was made some biscuits ahead of Pre time. Yeah. But um, 
so they had to grind their flour with the the bicycle grain meal and that thing gets gets the kids every time because every time they fight to go on that thing and then they you the teacher had to drag them oh could not drag them they were eating it. the flour as it fell out the it they was, were just like as a, as the grain <gasps> as the flour ground through you know it comes like out flour. they're eating it and licking it and you're just, you're just sitting there going really and it was like, you know, oh my, like, um, okay. And well, one girl, she was cute. She goes, Miss Annie's, I wish farm to table was every day. This is the best class ever. They wanted someone flour to take home. And I was like, what are you going to do with the flour? And one of the kids goes, I'm going to put it in my cereal. And one like, <laughs> good luck with that. I was like, and then the last you say constipation, but I was just like, <laughs> the class after that, where it was like, they just had to eat. And they're going on holiday break. It's Thanksgiving. They're going on holiday break, and okay, was, what was that class about? What were this class was um, food origins and fall foods, and, and, foods and um, so we made the trumpetino squash soup, and um, mm -hmm. so we're feeding the kids <laughs> acorn no, cornbread. Yeah. No, no, first we bribed them. Hold on, yeah. I had the whole lesson plan. Yeah, but they were just like, we want to eat. Like we want to. I think we had to feed them, but they might riot. Annie's and I discovered. On our first year of Farm to Table class, that if we didn't have a class where they actually ate something, it was almost a riot. And so every class now, no matter what we're teaching, there has to be some food related to it. It's like really sad. You'll, you know, I joke with the kids, you guys eat. They're like, well, the food's so good here. So I'm serving out the soup, you know, after bribing the kids, like, hey, you know, we have down, here. we have a lesson. If we feed you, let's go through the lesson. So the lesson was we printed up a map. And they had to, we went over the food origins. So I said a lot of the new world quote food that we have, like tomato sauce and French fries, came from the old world back to the new world and now are our stable. So we were, you know, discussing that. So then Jordy, um, like I'm started serving out the soup. Squir squirrely. And they, so, they enjoyed it. They liked it. And then we go through the class and all that stuff. And there was one little, I mean, we allowed them to have seconds. You know, they were like, more, more. And then there was leftover cornbread in those bags, and one girl came up and like was like squirreling away all the cornbread in her bag, and I was just like, you know, make sure everybody gets some. And a little boy comes up and goes, "Can I have more soup before I leave?" After he had like three bowls, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, there's not much." I was like, "You, you know, he wanted like a top and all that." He's like, "I, I need the soup because this is the last class for a long time." And I, he goes, "I have to eat or something." And I was like, "Is this all you got?" Like. It was really sad. He was like holding on to his cup of soup because he was like so devastated. This was the last class for like, I don't know. Until after weeks. the break. Yeah. After the break. And he's like, you know, very seriously, he looks at me with big eyes. He's like, it's the last class. <laughs> like, you know, like the last time yeah, he's you know, ever like, going to eat. Last supper, basically. I know, and I'm like, your mom's going to feed you. <laughs> We're going to have supper tonight. I know. And it was just like, he was just so devastated. It was, I remember his face. <laughs> Last class, he was so dramatic, and it's like, okay, kid, here's some soup. I hope it, I hope it lasts you. I, don't know. Um, I, I just, I still to this day tease him. I'm like, do you guys eat? <laughs> I feel like I've jokingly said we should write little notes. Do your parents, <laughs> are your children fed? I'm sure they are, but you know, just like, like kids and they, they, they talk about some of the meals they've had with their family. <laughs> And, um, but it's still, it just gets me every time. It cracks me up. No, can I eat that? And you're like doing something else completely not related to eating. You have to, can I eat that? It's like, <laughs> can I eat that? Like, <laughs> really, guys? I don't know. But they're just so obsessed with the food. And, and, and just really, 
cute. Yes. It makes you feel good. And uh, so, same thing with like the new Annie food. Some of the reviews came back. Because this, this last, this, yeah, last night's Hoot Nanny was primarily vegan food based um, around, the, like, an Indian Indian dish, curry and uh, rice. rice and all. And they, a lot of people, you can tell, they kind of, like, when they saw the menu when they came up, they're like, mm, well, you know, because. There was no, there was, the guys wanted, like, you know, hearty food, you know. You, know. They, they're, you can see there was being pol politely, um, what they call that? I don't know the word, but it's like a plate. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's, yeah nice. that's nice. Yeah. And then they get the, I saw a couple of people go through and like little dabs of food on the yeah, plate. Like very apprehensive. They were like, we'll get, you know, like, okay. Sure of this yeah. stuff. <laughs> go for it. I don't care. Next thing you know, it's like everybody's coming back and meal, meal, upon on meal, upon meal. And, and how did like, we, where's the recipe? Can where's the recipe? recipe, recipe? And then there was a Facebook quote, quote where it says, even us, we don't like curry. And those guys says, I don't normally like curry, but that was amazing. So, you know, it makes you feel good that, you know, Have to find. Oh, yeah, I much appreciate it. So, uh, appreciate and the comment was, uh, he, the guy who posted on Facebook mentioned, you would pay far more for a, for what we charged, you'd pay far more for a fast food meal that fills you up. Yep. So they got filled on better on a better price. Um, it's something about, yeah, it was equivalent to like a fast food dinner. Yeah, he basically said that it was more, more than, than yeah, yeah was more than adequate. Yeah. And, on price and par, and then it was just like that. It was definitely worth it. So it's nice to hear that because a lot of work goes into that. And I don't, I don't eat. I don't calm down until everybody's fed. It's like, why don't everybody like look at me? Why don't you French sit down thing. and eat? I'm like, nope, not until everybody's fed, and I know everybody got something to eat, and then I can relax. And it, it takes me a while to after. Then I relax. I don't. Yeah, I don't eat. I can't eat right away. An hour to two hours to actually eat. I never I just, can really eat on the go. Speaking of eating, the we've had a couple of jam classes, and then we just did a our first soup, uh, nursing soup workshop, which ended up being a success because I wasn't sure, um, being the first one, uh, you know, you, you never know. So we told them it was our first one, and we like feedback, and everybody loved it. So we're having another one, and it's almost sold out. So that's great. Um, it's um, yeah, we put we put it together and. And like I said, I, it was, I thought it was simple and, and I try to make it interesting, you know, like I, like, what would I, to me, it's like, if I going to put down money, what would, I pay what would I pay for? So that's what I feel. Like. I was like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta make a soup oh, workshop. It's very uncomplicated. It's like one of the yeah. simplest things to make. So I was like, how do you spend two hours and, and, and make talk about stuff? And it's interesting. So Audrey, who is a volunteer and also helped me with the class because I worked with her up in rest. Um, we, we sat there and we just hashed out this class because she's, she like me is a Virgo and wants to like, would this be? I'm snorting over here because yeah. yes, whatever. <laughs> we're both, we're like, guys, we're both I don't know. In a pot or yeah, it's not yeah, it's wow. Okay. That must be a Virgo thing. So, um, so yeah, we were like, well, it's gotta be a class that we, you know, a little bit, <laughs> not like in a two, bad way. Two, yeah, two, like two, two controlling girls who just like need to have everything under their control. It's our sign. Where it's really weird. I mean, that's we're almost like twins. It's, yeah, it's pretty scary. Like, so, anyhow, <clears throat> we put together the class and we did it together, and and people loved it. it. Was it was really good to see the feedback, and we actually have a person who's taking the class again. So that is 
amazing. And, and I think what it was, was we were just honest and we just talked and we told about our failures and our, you know, mess ups and, you know, just, and how simple soups can be. So particularly making a veggie stock. Yeah. So that is where we segue into from the kitchen and I will share a little veggie snot stock. The veggie stock. That so. changed one woman's life. <laughs> <laughs> so here is, and we don't, we, ha- we don't have interludes of like, we should have like literally from the kitchens. So from the homestead kitchen. So this is our little snippet for veggie making good veggie stock. So, um, everybody cooks during the week, hopefully, and you're always, um, cutting off carrot tops or peeling, hopefully not too much, but peeling carrots or lopping off pepper tops or the bottoms of celery, onions, you know, like the, outsides of onions. Yeah. What's that called? The, um, the roots, you know, you lop off the celery and you leave that not at the bottom you, you're, and you're peeling garlic and you're peeling onions. Well, so tip for that is to save all those good stuff and you put it in a Ziploc bag and you put it in your freezer because that becomes your basic veggie stock, uh, you know, start. So save up those scraps. And um, when you do want to make your vegetable stock, so I, I pour the scraps into a, um, a pot, uh, fill it with filtered water, sprinkle it with some good quality salt and peppercorn and boil that. So I had about, about an hour. When now, you say, wait, when you say good quality salt, you want to explain what that yeah, is? So good quality salt would be like, um, like the French salt or the Himalayan salt. So the, the real salt, like not the, like the Celtic sea yeah, salt, the Celtic sea salt, like the, you know, the, the you know, the, the big, the big crystals, yeah, the big crystal salts. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't add any more than that because you want to keep that basic. You know, some people ask me, could I add ginger there? I said, yes, you could. But here's the thing. You can't use it as a basic. For everything. Yes. So, and it's a good, I mean, if you want to, after that stock, you can use it as a basic. You can just even drink that veggie stock, add some aminos, and you can just drink that stock. Good when you're sick. One tip I learned and I shared with the people is it really, you have to be careful, especially with the onion skins, because when I was working up at the cafe, I just, one morning either didn't have enough coffee or just wasn't paying attention. I went into the freezer, got their scraps, veggie scraps, dumped it into the big pot, filled it with water and started boiling it down. Well, I, that day I decided to make potato leek soup. Yeah, well, nothing's wrong with that. However, when I went to get to the stock, the restaurant had used, the cafe had used a lot of red onions that week and they were saving the, the skins. Well, guess what the veggie stock color was? Pink. It was pink. So when I added the veggie stock to the white potatoes, guess what it turned into? Not too great pink color. Kind of that pukey pink color. And guess what people eat with their eyes, right? So we're like, oh dear. You yeah. want to be careful with the same thing with beets too. Yeah, so beets, yeah. So you know, don't beets. And, and even even a lot of onion, brown onion skins will make your soup brown. Now, if you're making chili, no, see that red stock, if I was making potato, I'm not potato, if I was making tomato soup or, you know, roasted red pepper soup or chili, whatever, it'd been fine. But it was, I was making a white-based soup, so it didn't go over too well. 
So we, we had to, the people at the restaurant, I had left for the day. And so they were texting me, your soup looks horrible. You know, not horrible, but it's not going to, you know, it didn't turn out. I was like, oh crap. So what they did was, um, Audrey and went to, told her to fix it. So what they did was they turned it into a curry potato soup. And so they added turmeric and curry powder. So then that kind of explains yeah, the, the, yeah, the yellow. So that, um, helped. Um, yeah, so that, that is a easy veggie stock recipe that I shared at the class and I'm sharing with you now. So that is a tip from the urban homesteads kitchen. Um, anything else that on that one, the tips, I guess that was pretty much it. Well, then you can freeze it. Yeah, I'll freeze it. Oh yeah. Put it in ice. Yeah. Put it, put in ice cubes, freeze it. Um, you know, just stock it away. You're going to use it. You can even probably cook rice in it. Oh yeah, cook rice in it. Cook rice in it. You know, noodles, like if you, you wanted a, like a light stock for like noodles. You know, any sort of grains like um, quinoa. Um, yeah, yeah, things like that. Looks like that. So. And again, it's good. Like it's drinking when you're sick. Um, yeah. So we do. We do have um, an announcement on the, there's a new program. I did publish it on the website, so I'm going to announce it. I need to explain. She didn't read it. <laughs> We're doing a new um, adopt a bee program. Adopt a beehive. Yeah. Beehive, yeah, not an individual bee. You can you can adopt. We'll, we'll mark them with a bit of color and say there's yours, and you can name her. No, adopt a beehive um, program because people did ask and kind of got not it's not pushed into. It, it's not a bad. I mean, not badly, but it's just like, hey, we want to do this. We're like, okay, well, so now we have a, a, now we have them. Um, before we had like one or two hives on the property, and you can't expand that much. And now that Justin's doing, like, he's going honey production, um, he has, uh, I don't know, is it 30-some hives? I don't know. I know it was 10 last, but then. I'm not sure. He's, he's splitting he's them all splitting the time. I actually have to go and ask him how it is now. Um, anyhow. back twice. Yeah. So. so Justin's got quite a lot of hives. And um, out 45 minutes from here that he goes and makes sure they're good and managing them. And he's. Uh, doing it in a lot of ways. Um, we've always loved bees, um, but also it feels a little bit like carrying on dad's legacy. Um, so we have now a adopt a beehive program. Um, you pay a certain amount of money, and Annie's can tell you what, and you get honey, yeah. at, the, honey, honey at the end of the year. So. Yeah, so it's um, it's on our website. I blogged about it, and then it's, um, if you go to the blog right now, uh, I think it's one of the first posts, and so that will lead you to the little form to pay but for $200 you'll get a certificate um, you get to name your hive and you'll get jars of honey and some other stuff updates and things like that so um, we've already had a bunch of people sign up which is great because it helps um, goes right back into the goes bees. right back into the bees it is a, it's a things cost and so inexpensive you know if you I don't know if I not people think food is free but doesn't come free it's there's a lot of time and energy and supplies and things needed to, even with canning and, and homesteading and, and, and fermenting and stuff, supplies are needed. You know? It's actually almost cheaper to go buy food sometimes. Really, it's like, oh, I need vinegar, and then I need pickling thing, and then I need canning jar. It's just like, wow. A lot of stuff goes, when you realize, you know, because I was talking to somebody, I was like, can I live in a tiny home? And I said, you know what? I could personally, because I don't have much stuff, me personally, but the homestead lifestyle, I have yarn, I have I have, you know, 
fabric, I have kin jars, I have, you know, some herbs and all this stuff. And I was like, if I need a place to store it. So, I mean, it's a, you know, well, I mean, the, and it's how to be more efficient. I'm trying to, you know, look at the homestead and, you know, think place for everything and everything is placed. And that's one of the things I've been focusing on with the volunteers is so that we can have this place easily used. Things are going back, things are being labeled um, and stuff like that. But I realized, wow, we have a lot of stuff. But then it's all useful when it comes out when we have those events it's useful and it's um it's needed it's needed so storage uh, is very difficult in such a small space it's amazing we were able to do everything we're doing but you know particularly event wise i mean you need sternos you need serving spoons you need tablecloths and you know all the stuff i mean what how to set up an event is a whole little situation and then it breaks down and disappears it's almost like a you know, and the, the joke about man is like it. You know, like something like Bonnie man, it appears. It yeah, yeah. Sometimes what happens in the backyard, up goes the class and then that goes away. And then <laughs> in comes a dinner thing and that goes away. It's like, you know, the transitory nature of the backyard. I, know, I bet you if you put a camera in our backyard, it'd be like all these people would like coming and going, coming yeah. and going. And, be so, like, and it's funny how we figured it out because now that we have some volunteers, you have to tell them what goes out. Because we're so used to it. It's like, oh, now can say that. And so oh, it's like, oh, right, water. You know, make sure you get the spoons. And then, yeah, it's just, it's like we now have to write a list and almost have like a binder. And here, this is how you set up for hootie. This, yeah, this is, is how, how you set, set up for a farm dinner. Class, yeah. This is how you set up for a candy class. And I, I've been telling Anise to just buy Rubbermaids and like label them like candy class, chicken class, and just like pull out the Rubbermaids. And this goes all out. Yeah, and sometimes I think because what I'm doing is a lot of them I do double duty. I have the household, um, like cutting boards, but then yeah. So then I'm thinking maybe I should just buy a bunch of cutting boards just for the classes mm -hmm. and have them set up. And so, I mean that's an investment, and that's you know. So I'm just I like, oh, you, you know, thinking about all that stuff. And you sort of like I said, you go into this not a wormhole, but it's like a. It's like when you realize how it needs to be organized and you realize you start to, you know, narrow it down and it's like, okay, one thing for this and okay, I'll put that up. And, and actually it's working better because like I said, with the farm dinners, when I put all the stuff in place, the sternos and the thing, it was really easy set up because everything was there. I knew where everything was and everything went back. And we need spend, to like have photos and a binder or something for all like the volunteers and yeah. this is what it looks like if you recreate it. And yeah. so it doesn't always have to be so much on us. Did they get into the catnip or something? I don't know. There's catnip on the table. Is it not full moon? Uh, maybe they're just like we're. I think it. I think also it's also about we. They know we're talking and not giving them attention. That oh, I know. Some awesome attention. Yeah, it's a, it's a so needy and deprived. Well, we did and we did do some fun things. Um, you know, together as a this you know past couple months, um, we got to see Florence and the Machine at the Hollywood Bowl. Which was fun. She was amazing. Uh, I once gives you goosebumps to see her perform. That's for sure. Uh, we've been to Oak Glen a couple times to get apples. The last time we went, picked acorns with a friend because she wanted to give it to another friend so he can make acorn flour. So it was really fun. It's really beautiful up there. It's like a whole different world up there. So we've been doing that. Had a, had some meetings with the Farmers Guild. Had another couple gatherings with the open silo people. So I've been out and about in the community, 
talking about food advocacy and the future of urban farming. So I've been really doing that. And then of course, planning for the next year, getting everything like said, we'll get the tours and the events going. I mean, and it's like, as soon as like we give a workshop, everybody's like, oh, what's, what's your next one? I was like, hold on, I haven't got there yet. They're like, what's one's for the December? So it's great to see the enthusiasm. So it's, um, it keeps us going and we've gotten some really great emails from, oh wow, we've gotten a bunch from, uh, we just got one from Tel Aviv, Israel, and then a couple, and then we had to reach out from um, Belgium. So that's, yeah, it's, we're, we're very encouraged by that to see, you know, how much, you know, our project is impacting the, the people around the world. So we really appreciate people writing and telling us that. Um, and see, let's see, we do have our project still. The Zalmas to-do list is to convert the cellar into a walk-in sort of cool room. So I've talked with a company that maybe we can work on promoting their product. So waiting the word on that. And once we get Yeah, that, we have tons of ideas. Yeah, it's once just... we get their, their prototype, not prototype, but once we get their item in the mail, we will tell you all about it. And then uh, see what else is going on. I guess Justin's not here to do what's growing on the garden, but I can. I can garden looks amazing. Yeah, I was about to say garden looks amazing. So lots of um, I just harvested a bunch of yummy greens for a salad for lunch. He he's, does great in that garden, and he's 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 also stepping up and doing some the some of the tours and the public the public um, part of it. Um, you know, when Dad was around, he kind of like handled it. And then and I kind of would deal a little bit more in the public, but Justin's definitely has, has stepped up, and now he's like, you know, I was listening to him talk to that Heritage Christian uh, school, and he was really like, he had the kids, you know, really enthralled with the way he was describing, you know, food in a lot of ways, and it was really nice. And then, it was, uh, so we're like a tag team now. Yeah, we're a tag team. We're like three tags. Yeah, it's just easier on us because uh, surprisingly. Always kind of hated being in. No, I hated being in. That's not the bad. It's a strong word. We never felt like the public eye was like what we sought. We did it. We did what we had to do. But it's not like we're sitting out there going, "Hi, everybody." It's, it's kind of a, you know, we all of us look forward to like talk to the plants and, and commune with the animals. <laughs> but, no, I mean we love our friends. Like, yeah. When we when we're with our friends, we're a crazy bunch of. But it is yeah, true. Once you get us started, get us started on talking about something we love, it's just like your know, wax eloquent. I think it's. A, I think we just don't do good in like uh, stranger groups. Well, well, and also, we don't act like, you know. I just kind of like I am who I am out there, and and so it's kind of a, you know, yeah. just is this me. So it's as it is. Yes. <laughs> that horse, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But. Well, we hope. To, I don't know. Well, I don't know what the future. Well, we may take down for a break. Year. Yeah, we're going to take a, a couple of holidays breaks. So the, the podcast might be a little bit a sporadic. Sporadic until January. We're going to um, probably reformat it a little and simplify and get it a little bit more um, easier on us doing it. Um, we're yeah, recording. recording and uploading. So it's not so much like, oh, we have to do a podcast. Um, but we're looking at a couple options, of course cost money. Yeah, so we're going to try and then I'm going to reformat the podcast a bit. New new look, new feeling. Um, so we'll just probably get a couple more podcasts out uh, almost at the end of November. So it might be one or two before the end of the year. And then uh, we'll probably like think about it and then come back and see what happens. Um, we'll 
go from there. Uh, well, again, uh, kind of winding down to the end of the podcast, like we said when we started this episode was our thoughts. I mean, I just say, you know what? It's kind of cliche to say thoughts and prayers. So I don't know if you even want to say that anymore. No, I don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel that, that. That's, it's like it's almost empty now. So I don't know how you say that. We are actually, and we're all, you know, just more suffering of like, with them, but we're just really, it's heartbreaking to see. It's, it's just so. Well, thoughts and prayers. It, I know. I don't know if it accomplishes anything in some ways, but it's just more like thinking about them, uh, feeling, feeling the pain, I guess. And then if there's anything, you know, we can do in some ways, uh, you know, if I had the room to take in all the animals, I would. I did post Uh, on the farmer's guild uh, message board that for the farmers in Malibu, they needed a place to stay. Yeah, And I, and I said that too, if anybody needs a place to stay. And we are sending out, I found the table here. Um, a care package to go out to Chris Kirsten and his family with, you know, toothpaste and and lotions and just little, stuff, things. little things like that. Um, so you we're know, trying to do what you know when we can. We don't have the whole finances to do a lot of stuff what we want to do, but it's like even just the littlest thing is make a difference because yes. we we've had that done for us and that that's was special. So um, just remember that, like I said, we've had talked about a lot of things that there is a couple upcoming workshops so check out that on our website check out the bee adoption program and um you can find you can help you can find out how to help us help others you can there's a donate button on our site too um and i think that's about it send us encouragement (laughs) and we i guess from our family to yours wishing wonderful thanksgiving blessed thanksgiving season uh, a lot to be grateful for, even though sometimes and a lot to all this think feels about. Like it's turned upside down. Um, Everybody's going through hard things. We a lot of hard things we don't even talk about. So it's, um, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like there's a lot of pain. It's for a lot of people. So we all we're all in this together. So we just hope that we offer a little bit of light in a world full of sometimes darkness. So. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll catch you again next time. Thanks. Uh, Always good to hear from everyone, and uh, see you next time. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life, back into the land. Oh, 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 help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in until next time. This is Annie East, Jordan. Keep on growing.
Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.